If I've not met you, my name is Scott. I am one of the pastors here at New Life Coolangatta. And our theme this Christmas, as you can see, is good news for all. We believe the birth of Jesus is good news for all people. In Matthew 4.23, we read, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Did you know that Jesus preached a message of good news? And he actually demonstrates that good news by healing the sick, healing all the people. He demonstrates the kingdom of God has broken in because Jesus himself, he was the good news. And today, 2,000 years later, Jesus still is good news for all. And this is what I want to explore today, the good news of Jesus Christ. But before I do, would you join me in prayer? Father God, I just thank you so much for your word, Lord. Lord, for your word is truth. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son that we celebrate at Christmas time, the birth of our Lord and Savior. Lord, what a miracle that is. God, I pray that you would help me preach this message with truth and grace and love, that in the end, Lord, they wouldn't look to me, they'd only look to you, the one who brings life and life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody loves good news, right? Like we love getting a bit of good news at some stage throughout our lives. So I want you to turn to the person next to you, tell them one piece of good news that you've received this year. bring it back, that'd be awesome. Sounds like there was a lot of joy there, a bit of laughter. It's always great when we receive a bit of good news, right? I hope no one said, I got great news yesterday, our crazy uncle's not staying with us at Christmas time. No one said that, right? But here's the problem. Sometimes that is good news. It actually reveals a deep truth that in life, we face bad news too. Not everything in our lives or in this world is actually good. I mean, all you have to do is is turn on the TV, right, and watch the news. It's clearly evident that there's something not right with humanity. When you turn it on, you see death, destruction, murder, violence, extortion, theft, corruption, wars, racism, human rights violations. We see famine around the world, hate, greed, social and political and individual unrest, and the list goes on, right? We could keep writing that list forever. It seems like every day, the majority of what we see on the news on TV or in the newspapers or on the internet or in our social media is not good. But why is this? What's the problem with humanity? Well, the problem is sin. Sin has permeated every part of life. There's no sphere of humanity that's not affected by sin. And the biggest issue is that there's no part of ourselves that's not affected by sin either. Every one of us has a deep internal and external sin nature that we can't seem to contain. We can't get a control of. And the news that we watch actually demonstrates that to be our reality. Sin is a reality that we cannot avoid externally in others and internally in ourselves. 
And no matter how advanced we get in life, however advanced we become, no matter how advanced technologically or intellectually or socially we get, we still have this profound problem that we can't seem to shake, this problem of sin. And the Bible has testified to the reality of sin for thousands of years. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person around the world has sinned at some stage. And I think we can all agree that none of us are free from sin, right? We've all sinned at some stage in our life. We've all hurt others. We've all been judgmental. We've all lost our temper. We've all stolen something, even if something small, like a, a movie off the, off the internet. We've all lied. Like when someone says, do I look good in this? What are the options? I know when I ask my wife, how do I look? And she doesn't answer me in the first two sections. She's thinking, she's processing, going, how do I tell him he looks bad? And I'm like, forget it. Don't worry about it. I'll go change. Right? We've all done that. We've all lied. We've all gossiped. We've all done evil things. We've all had evil thoughts. We've all done things that we regret. We've all done things that we know that we know are wrong, even by our own standards. We hold other people to standards that we break ourselves. And that is what the Bible calls sin. And that sin, it separates us from a holy and righteous God. Charles Spurgeon says, As the salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, so does sin affect every atom of our nature. It is so sadly there, so abundantly there. If you cannot detect it, you are deceived. If you're sitting here tonight and you think that you're a good person, that you have no sin, that's the greatest deception that the enemy wants to bring. Each and every one of us has sinned. So if sin is out there in the world and it's in us, that's really bad news. But Christians say that we have good news, that Jesus is good news. But why? Why do we say Jesus is good news? Because Jesus came to fix the problem of sin once and for all. And that is what we celebrate at Christmas. The answer to sin came in the form of a baby in a manger. God himself in human flesh. God in the midst of humanity and sin. God in the midst of pain and suffering. God himself willing to take the penalty of sin, which was death, and he went to the cross for you and me. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news for all. But why do we call it the gospel? What does the word gospel mean? Well, the English noun gospel, it comes from an Anglo-Saxon term, Godspell, meaning glad tidings. And the word gospel in the New Testament is translated from a Greek word, euangelion, which means good message. And originally, this word was related to news of military triumph. Before Jesus came, this word gospel was used to say that we have taken a great victory. So people would go ahead of the army. They'd come back in to Rome, and they would say, hear the gospel of Caesar. Hear the gospel. We have destroyed our enemies. We are kings of the whole world. Hear the gospel of Caesar. So it was originally an announcement of a triumph, a military victory. But when the New Testament was recorded, the writers assigned the term gospel to the good news of salvation in Jesus. And the reason why they did that was because the news about Jesus and his death and resurrection is not only good news for us, but it was actually a victory over humanity's greatest enemy, which was sin and death. Romans 6.23 said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans tells us that the wages, the penalty of our sin, is total separation from God. 
that we can't be in the presence of a holy and righteous God because of our sin. That is humanity's great enemy. But Jesus came to destroy the power of sin. The power of sin over humanity. Jesus came to rescue us from this problem of sin. Jesus became a baby. He was in a manger, this this vulnerable little child. God became flesh. And he grew up and he knew what it was like to grow up like you and me. He knew what it was like to be lonely, to be hated, to be pushed to the margins, to be mocked. He knew what it was like to feel pain and grief. He knew what it was like to be beaten and scourged. That's where they would whip you with metal bits on the end and would tear your flesh off. And he knows what it's like to be mocked and murdered on a cross. Jesus understands the full weight of the problem of humanity. The full weight of sin was bearing down upon him. Not only did he experience it, but he took it to the cross. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to absorb the sin of the entire world. I'm going to go to the cross and die for you. I'm going to take that penalty of sin and I'm going to nail it to the cross. And when I die, I'm going to bury it in the ground. And when I rise again, I'm going to rise again in victory over it. That is the good news of the gospel. There's the victory over sin and death. Jesus' resurrection was this victory for all who believe. Anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus, repent of their sin and turn to Jesus Christ, receives that reward. That is the good news. I love it. It says, but the, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says the gift of God. Salvation, the good news, is actually a gift. You can't earn it. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel. God loves you so much that he has done absolutely everything possible to have a relationship with him, to be freed from your sin. We don't have to earn God's favor. We just receive it as a gift. Christmas is all about giving gifts, right? But you must receive it. If I give you a gift, I can pay for it. It's all said and done. And I can hand it out to you and go, here's a gift for you, but it's only yours when you receive it, when you take it. And this is what God does with the gospel. He says, I've paid the debt. I'm giving you a gift of salvation. All you need to do is repent and put your faith and trust in my son and receive that gift. But here's the thing. It takes humility to receive a gift you did not earn. Amen? It's hard. But this is what God offers us. The gospel of Jesus, the victory over our greatest enemy in life, which was sin and death. Timothy Keller says, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hoped. You see, when we come to this place where we understand our depravity, where we understand our sin, we come to this place where we understand the love of God. That we are more loved than you could ever, ever understand. And the gospel doesn't stop there. The good news doesn't stop there. The good news of salvation through Jesus Christ, it gives us not only forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life, but we receive the promise of a new life in Christ, a better life in Jesus. We actually become sons and daughters of the Most High God. This is amazing. When you think about it, we become sons and daughters. We have a Father in heaven who loves us like a loving dad, who wants to see us flourish and grow and become all we can be. This is what we get through Jesus Christ. We become sons and daughters. And the good news doesn't stop there. We have the good news of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this vision of a world restored and reconciled to God, a world full of love and hope and peace and joy. This world that God wanted us to live in from the beginning, 
We get to bring that kingdom. The good news is we, get, we are called to participate in God's kingdom in actually bringing it. God wants to bring this redemptive work to the world in and through you, in and through me. That means we actually have purpose. Each and every Christian, as we walk this life, we have a purpose to bring heaven on earth everywhere we go. And then the good news is that we actually have a new king to rule over us. We have King Jesus. This is not a king like the kings of the earth. Kings of the earth want to rule over you and make you serve them. But Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. That's the kind of king that I want to be under. A king who comes to serve, to love, to sacrifice himself. That's a man, that's a king, that's a person that I would want to sacrifice my life for too. And then we have this hope of the new heavens and the new earth where we have a new kingdom to come. Where Jesus says, we'll wipe away every tear. There'll be no more pain, no more suffering. When he comes again, when he returns, we will live a life in eternity with God, free from all of these problems, free from this sin. That's something that I look forward to. And then there's the good news of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in every believer's life. When we are born again, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in each and every one of us. Like, just think about that. That holy and righteous God wants to live inside of you. He wants to come and make his home in you. That's how much he wants to have a relationship with you. That's how close he wants to be with you. He wants to be so close that he wants to live in you. And then because of that, we get this good news that the Holy Spirit transforms our lives. He transforms us into the likeness of Jesus. Josh McDowell says, Wherever Jesus has been proclaimed, we see lives change for the good, nations change for the better, thieves become honest, alcoholics become sober, hateful individuals become channels of love, and unjust persons embrace justice. This is true. I remember years and years ago when I was 33, when I gave my life to Christ, my life was so different back then. God has done an amazing work in me, in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I'm doing stuff and the Holy Spirit convicts my heart and says, Scott, don't do that. That's not good. I actually praise God for that. And I pray every day that he would continue to convict my heart, that I'd become more like him. I'd become more loving, more caring, more kind. That's the good news of the Holy Spirit. He wants to transform our lives. He wants us to become more like him, free from the things that actually want to destroy us. And we have the good news of the Holy Spirit as a source of strength in difficult times. Because you know what? Things are tough. Things are hard. We will go through pain and suffering and hurt and grief. But we have a promise that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that he will always be with us and strengthen us. You know, we get, there's lots of bad news in the world. That's true. But you know what? There's a lot of good news too. And we actually get to be the good news in people's lives, to bring love in the face of hate, joy in the face of depression, hope in the face of fear, and peace in the face of unrest. We get to bring the power of the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit into all of life. You know, there's so much good news for us because we've been forgiven and redeemed by Jesus' death and resurrection. And that good news, it's for all. No one is excluded from that good news, which is beautiful. And lastly, we get to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus with the whole world. In Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission. Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I love this. Jesus says, go, go with this good news. Go with the gospel. Go with my power. Go and make disciples. Don't make believers. Actually make followers of me, people who are willing to follow me and and do what I'm asking them to do, which is to go and, and teach. He says, go into all nations. You know what that means? It's for everyone. The gospel is not just for the Jewish people. The gospel is for all people, every nation, every tongue. God loves every single person that he's created. He says to us to go out with the gospel of Jesus Christ and teach them the truth about sin, but also the truth about God. That God is love. He is full of grace and mercy. And he says, teach them to obey. To obey the truth and you will have love, joy, peace and hope in your heart. And he gives us this beautiful promise. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, God uses us, everyday normal people like you and me, to share the good news of Jesus. This amazing news that God loves everyone and wants a relationship with them. God wants to spend eternity with you and me in perfect love and harmony and grace, free from pain and suffering and sin. Man, that's good news. You see, the gospel is not oppressive religion. It's a relationship with God. It's a message of love, joy, peace, and hope. Timothy Keller says, the gospel is neither religion or irreligion. It is something else altogether. Religion makes a law and moral obedience a means of salvation, while irreligion makes the individual a law to himself or herself. The gospel, however, is that Jesus takes the law of God so seriously that he paid the penalty of disobedience so we may be saved by sheer grace. That's the beauty of the gospel. So what's the gospel we get to share this Christmas season? The gospel, the good news for all, it's actually summed up perfectly in John 3. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God so loved you. God so loved your family. God so loved your neighbour. God so loves everyone out there in Coolangatta. God loves everyone across the Gold Coast. He loves everyone across the world. That person in your mind that you think can't be loved, God loves them too. I can tell you that. For God so loved the world that He gave this gift. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas time, the giving of gifts. But the ultimate gift was given over 2,000 years ago. It was the Son of God, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now listen to this. For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the, to save the world through Him. God didn't send Him to condemn us. He sent Him to save us. He sent Him to show us what true love is. He sent Him to show us the good news, the good news that God has come in the flesh that he took our sin on the cross and we can be redeemed by sheer grace. That's the good news of the gospel, church. That's the good news for all. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, we just thank you so much for, for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray in this Christmas season, as we go into tomorrow, as we see family and friends would we be the good news? Would we have a glimpse of how beautiful the gospel is, that it would change our heart and our mind 
so much that, that we would just want to share that good news with others. That we would share it through our actions. Share it through forgiveness. Share it through patience. Share it through kindness. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower each and every person here to be the gospel tomorrow. And not only tomorrow, for the rest of the year. But God, as we go into next year, may we be vessels of the good news. That God, in the end, you would get the glory. That God may be someone that we love, that we show the gospel to, may turn to you and put their faith and trust in you. And as we're in this moment of prayer, if you're sitting there and you've never received that gift, and God's been talking to you tonight that, that he loves you, that there is a problem, there's a problem of sin. And he's holding out that gift to you right now. He's saying, I want a relationship with you. I want to save you. I want to redeem you. I want to put my spirit in you. I want to make you my son and my daughter. I want to live with you forever. I've done everything needed. I've paid the price. That's you tonight. There's no magic words. You can simply just pray this prayer in your heart after me. It's a prayer of submission, of humility. Say, Father in heaven, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I have sinned. And I thank you that Jesus paid for my sins on the cross. I thank you that he rose again in victory over my sin. Lord, I asked for you to give me your Holy Spirit that I would have relationship with you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How about you all stand with me? We're going to sing now and let's sing with joy because the gospel is good news. The joy of our salvation, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So let's sing together as God's sons and daughters.